48K News. It's one o'clock on Benche, the headlines. People show their support for Apple Daily and its founder by snapping up copies of the newspaper a day after Jimmy Lai was arrested under the national security law. The police defend their decision to limit news organizations at yesterday's briefing at Apple Daily's headquarters. And Hong Kong's COVID-19 death toll rises to 56, while the number of infected people worldwide passes 20 million. Hong Kongers have been snapping up copies of the pro-democracy Apple Daily newspaper to show their support after police raided its headquarters and arrested its founder, Jimmy Lai. The newspaper printed almost eight times its usual print run of 70,000, but still quickly sold out in many districts. There was even a queue outside a newsstand in Mong Kok as early as 2 o'clock in the morning. RTHK asked several people why they were buying the newspaper today. Just have to show support to the, the last resort of the freedom of speech in Hong Kong because, uh, as far as I know, uh, Apple Daily is the only uh, newspaper that's uh, willing to tell the truth in Hong Kong. When is the last time you actually buy a newspaper? Ten years ago? No, I never bought, I never bought one. Just to show support. Since I'm st- still a student, I want to buy all of them, but. <laughs> I don't think I can afford that, so I just try my best about ten. Because I'm going to work, so I will just uh, give it to my colleagues if they haven't buy it, or I just give out to random people. The owner of a newsstand in Admiralty, who's been in the business for 30 years, says he got a thousand copies of Apple Daily today instead of the dozens he normally sells. He said nearly all the newspapers he sold were Apple Daily, and other newspapers were unsold. Veteran Democrat Lee Chuk Yan says he's not surprised that Hong Kong people are finding innovative ways to support media tycoon Jimmy Lai and others detained under the national security law. The former lawmaker told RTHK that social distancing rules mean that protests aren't permitted, so the public have been buying up shares in Mr. Lai's next digital group and, as we reported, buying copies of Apple Daily instead. People cherish a society which is very diverse and tolerance, but now Hong Kong is really very much being suppressed and narrowed down our space. And I think this is something people cherish and Hong Kong people will find a way to express that. Shares of Next Digital were up more than 200% this morning. Meanwhile, police escorted Mr. Lai to the Hong Kong Marina in Sai Kung, where he was filmed in handcuffs being taken to a yacht. Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong has defended Mr. Lai's detention, hitting out at international media for, in his words, jumping to conclusions that it's politically driven. The barrister says anyone breaking the law is treated the same, even if they are a media boss. Mr. Tong said crimes under the national security law have a high threshold of proof, and it's insulting the police to say the charges are trumped up. For the media to jump to such a conclusion doesn't lend credibility to the media in general. I would have thought that the job of the media is to find out the truth and to report facts and not to jump to political considerations for the purpose of discrediting somebody whose political standpoint is different from yours. The police also defended the decision to only allow 15 media organizations to attend a briefing at Apple Daily's headquarters yesterday, saying they were trying to make it more convenient for the press. Chief Superintendent for Police Public Relations, Kwok Ka Chun, says they had already picked media representing TV, radio and print. He insisted that the force respects press freedom, but would look at ways to improve the arrangements.
However, Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong rejected this explanation. I think if the police, having ascertained the identity of the person involved, that he or she is a legitimate reporter working for a legitimate news agency, they should be given equal treatment to cherry-pick which of the media should be allowed to do their work and which of the media should not be allowed is wholly unsatisfactory. The head of the next media trade union has expressed concern that news sources will lose trust in the group and stop breaking stories to them. Speaking one day after the police raid on Apple Daily, Pun Paklam said the public may think it's not safe to talk after the police looked at the editorial materials. He says they may also be concerned in the long run whether there's still press freedom. Another elderly patient suffering from COVID-19 has died, lifting the city's death toll linked to the virus to 56. The 79-year-old man lived in Kuntong and was chronically ill. He was admitted to hospital on the 27th of last month, suffering from fever and consistent coughing, and died last night at Changkwano Hospital. The number of people around the world who have been infected with the coronavirus has now passed 20 million. Johns Hopkins University in the U.S. says more than a quarter of all cases have been recorded in the United States, the country worst affected by the pandemic. The BBC's Emily Horler reports. Nearly five months since the global pandemic was declared, many countries around the world are still struggling to control the spread of the virus. Along with the US, Brazil, India, Russia and South Africa are also suffering huge outbreaks. It was first recorded late last year in the Chinese city of Wuhan. Since then, more than 700,000 people have died from COVID-19. But researchers say both infections and deaths may be underreported in some parts of the world, like Brazil. Global restrictions have had a huge impact on the world's economy. The International Monetary Fund says it will be the worst recession since the Great Depression of the 1930s. The White House has placed on lockdown. What? Sorry, the White House was placed on lockdown earlier today after U.S. Secret Service agents shot an armed suspect outside the building. President Trump told reporters that the suspect has now been taken to hospital. Minutes after he was abruptly escorted from a live news conference by security officers, Mr. Trump returned to speak to reporters. There was a shooting outside of the White House and seems to be very well under control. I'd like to thank the Secret Service for doing their uh, always quick and very effective work. But there was an actual shooting. Police in Belarus say a demonstrator has died during a second night of protests after Sunday's disputed election victory for President Alexander Lukashenko. They say an explosive device went off in the man's hands as he tried to throw it at police in the capital, Minsk. The state security service said it also had thwarted an attempt on the life of the opposition candidate, Svetlana Tikhanovskaya. She has rejected the election result and demanded a recount. The BBC's Sergei Goryashko reports. After a tense but relatively quiet day, the evening brought new escalation. Video reports coming from several locations in the center of Minsk are showing scenes of extreme violence. Unarmed protesters can be seen thrown to the ground and kicked. One video shows what appears to be special forces operatives in full gear carrying lethal weapons running towards civilian protesters. One Belarusian media outlet reported their journalist had been shot and wounded. 
The White House has urged the government in Belarus to allow peaceful assembly and refrain from force. The U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said the U.S. was deeply concerned about the conduct of the presidential elections, which he said was not free and fair. Reaction in Russia was mixed. A new report says that as temperatures rise, peatlands around the world will become a huge source of greenhouse gases. Peatlands contain large amounts of carbon and nitrogen, but it's the permanently frozen parts that are the big concern. This report from the BBC's Matt McGraw. For thousands of years, the vast, squelchy peatlands that stretch across northern parts of Russia, Canada and Europe have soaked up large amounts of carbon and nitrogen. They now contain around 46 years' worth of current global CO2 emissions. But scientists are worried that the permanently frozen parts, which make up half the world's peaty areas, will soon be oozing large quantities of warming gases into the atmosphere as the land thaws in warmer temperatures. A detailed history of Antarctica's thinning ice shelves based on satellite observations over the past 25 years has produced stark findings. Work completed in the United States shows how the floating platforms of ice that surround Antarctica are being quickly eroded. Their undersides are being melted away by relatively warm ocean water. The government of Mauritius has warned that a huge cargo ship which has been leaking oil after running aground last month is likely to break apart. The Prime Minister, Pravin Jugnot, said they should prepare for the worse. The BBC's Grant Ferret reports. In a televised address, the Prime Minister said a salvage team had spotted cracks in the hull of the stricken vessel. He said it was clear that at some point the Japanese-owned MV Wakashio would fall apart. The ship still has about 2,000 tonnes of oil in its tanks. The government declared an environmental emergency last week, but has been criticised for acting too slowly. Volunteers in Mauritius have staged their own efforts to contain the 1,000 tonnes of oil, which has already spilled into the Indian Ocean. The largest American technology firms, including Amazon, Apple and Facebook, have joined other major U.S. business associations in challenging the temporary restrictions President Trump has imposed on foreign workers. In a legal brief filed as part of a lawsuit brought in California by major U.S. business groups, the companies argued that the visa restrictions introduced in June would further damage the country's already struggling economy. U.S. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin says companies from China and other countries that do not comply with accounting standards will be delisted from U.S. stock exchanges as of the end of 2021. Mr. Mnuchin recommended the move to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission last week. The fast food chain McDonald's has begun legal action against its former chief executive, Steve Easterbrook, saying he lied about sexual relationships with employees and staged a cover-up. Here is the BBC's Michelle Fleury. McDonald's fight with its former boss has gone public. Ex-CEO Steve Easterbrook left the company with a hefty payout last November after being ousted for engaging in a consensual affair with an employee. Now McDonald's is suing to get its money back. The fast food giant has accused Mr Easterbrook of trying to hide three additional relationships with staff and of trying to conceal evidence. In its lawsuit, McDonald's said it recently found emails in which the former CEO was sending himself nude photos, including pictures of those employees. Mr Easterbrook could not yet be reached for comment. 
To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 106.07 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 17 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 14 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was trading at 24,962. That's 585 points up on their previous close. And now for the sports, here is Atom Jung. Manchester United needed extra time to secure their place in the last four of the Europa League. Their quarter-final match against FC Copenhagen at Old Trafford was goalless after 90 minutes. But a penalty from Bruno Fernandes saw United progress with a 1-0 win. Manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer says his players were made to work for the result. We've been to the semis in every competition we've been in, so delighted that we're through. Of course, it was. I think we deserve to win tonight. Their keeper was fantastic, actually unbelievable. But then, then we hit the post a few times. There was a couple of VAR offside decisions against us, and um, it could have been one of those nights that you um, you end up with a penalty shootout because they created opportunities maybe not shots on target Sergio didn't have to make one save I think but we had to block we had to uh, defend well and they made it hard for us Italian side Inter are also through to the semi-finals of the Europa League after a 2-1 win over Bayer Leverkusen Inter will face the winner of tonight's quarter-final between Ukrainian side Shakhtar Donetsk and FC Basel of Switzerland Manchester United will face fellow English side Wolverhampton Wanderers or Sevilla. The Spanish club have won the Europa League five times, which is a record, and that includes three years in a row between 2014 and 2016. Wolves midfielder Ruben Neves says he has no problem with being seen as the underdog tonight. We are proud of ourselves. Uh, We are proud to be here. We don't want to stop here. We need to be on our best form um, to win it because Seville is a, is a great team. They are used to play European competitions. They are a big team uh, and we will give our best to, to win for, um, for our fans as well that are not, are not so used to see, to see Wolves in the, um, in the European competitions. The English Premier League champions Liverpool have completed their first signing of the summer. Greek international left-back Kostas Samikas has joined the Reds from Olympiakos for a fee of just over 15 million US dollars. Australia's National Basketball League is considering an offshore hub in New Zealand to start a season delayed by COVID-19. It's one of the options being considered by the NBL's Return to Competition Task Force, which is aiming to start the league in December. The task force is monitoring the NBA's bubble, where games are played at Disney World in Orlando with no fans in attendance. The NBL currently has one team based in Auckland. New Zealand has gone more than 100 days without a new coronavirus infection. And that's your look at sports. And that's the news from RTHK. If you don't want to be dependent anymore, if you just want to stop dragging your feet, if you think it's time to make a change, break up with cigarettes and don't look back. Cigarettes, heat not burn tobacco products and electronic cigarettes put you and those around you at risk. Cut off, let go and break up with all smoking products. Call the quit line on one eight three three one eight three. Quit and go for a new life. Due to the volatile COVID-19 situation, 
the public should stay at home and avoid going out, in particular elderly persons, as they have higher risk of severe illness. Family and friends should help them with shopping and other daily needs. If elderly persons must go out, they need to wear a mask and wash hands frequently. Pay attention to the latest situation. See your doctor promptly if feeling unwell, even if the symptoms are mild. Let's fight the virus together. Welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the 11th of August, is today's date. And uh, many thanks to Phil for the morning brew today. 
We do have a very busy program coming up for you. Just after half past one, we'll be hearing about an upcoming art exhibition which is organised by the Centre for Heritage Arts and Textile, also known as CHAT. And we'll be chatting with the curator of the exhibition, Weiwei Wang, in about uh, 10 minutes or so. And uh, we hope you can join us as well. If you uh, like anything you hear, feel free to drop us an email. Our email address is 123show at rthk.hk. That's 123show at rthk.hk. You can also find us on Facebook, which is Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. And uh, after the 2 o'clock news, we'll be chatting with food and drink reporter Andrew Dembina as he joins us for our weekly global food news update.